So we begin uh, this uh, four-session series on Ruth, the book of Ruth, and uh, the story of our redemption is the title of it. And Ruth is uh, in the Old Testament uh, and has a fascinating uh, history that ties into Jesus, which we'll be looking at. But we're looking at how our redemption takes place through the person Ruth. So the Ruth, just to give you a little bit of introduction here, um, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get into the actual scripture. Uh, Ruth was probably written between 1050 and 500 BC. Um, its, its main focus is on God's sovereign intervention uh, in the life of people, uh, no matter what the circumstances are. So Ruth, the book of Ruth is written in the period of what's called the Judges, uh, beginning with the death of Joshua, the rise of Samuel, which is a prophet, uh, Joshua was the successor to Moses, of course, and then there were judges. They were people to rule over Israel, helping them to live out the Torah. Um, and so Ruth is written there. So we could simply say reading the book of Judges, which precedes Ruth, and then reading Ruth would be probably the way to go with uh, approaching any studies such as this. Uh, it was a time of spiritual confusion, compromise, apostasy. That means people falling away from the faith of what it meant to live as a Jewish person, an Israelite. Against this backdrop, then, we see the study of Ruth and a study of a people that remain constant in their faith. Um, another country that you'll see emerge here will be Moab. Moab um, will be a place where uh, a central f- country, uh, along, along with Israel, uh, in this story. Um, the backdrop to all this is a famine takes place in the land. Um, so uh, some uh, have felt that the famine was a judgment on the people because of their sinfulness. Um, so others have felt, well, it's just simply the general curse of the fall from the garden. And at times you have things like famines and things like that. So um, Christ uh, comes uh, is revealed in this through the person of Boaz. Boaz is a... Is a is the cause the Kingsman Redeemer, and we'll see his character emerge more in the latter chapters here. But uh, Christ comes as a t- uh, prefigured, as it were, by Boaz. Boaz is a type of Jesus then in in the uh, in the book of Ruth. Uh, so, with that in mind, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. And uh, before we get into the actual study of the Scripture today, and so Lord, we come into Your presence, and uh, we just uh, bow before You with our heart and mind thanking you for the word of God and that it is revelation to our hearts. It's a two-edged sword to our spirits and souls. And we pray that we may welcome the word as the guest of our hearts today and that your word would reveal to us uh, the story of our redemption through the persons of Naomi and Ruth and others in the book of Ruth. Help us to see how you take the tragedies and the setbacks and disappointments and frustrations of life, and you weave them in for a purpose of redemption. Uh, Let us hunger for the word of God and understand what you want to accomplish in our hearts this day. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so uh, Book of Ruth, we'll be looking, uh, taking one chapter a week, just four chapters long. Amalek, of course, is the husband here of Naomi, and uh, in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. This would be Israel, of course. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judea went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Uh, Bethlehem, by the way, means house of bread. So the name of the man was uh, Amalek, 
and his wife's name was Naomi, and the name of the two sons, their two, his two sons were Malam and Shilin. They were Ethrites. They were from Ethrites from Bethlehem in Judea. They went into the country of Moab, remained there. So uh, why did they question this? Why did they leave Israel to go to Moab? Moab was a Gentile country, basically. Um, well, the, the fundamental reason was because there was a famine in the land of Israel, and so they were seeking food at this. Now, uh, the name Amalek uh, means my God is king, and the name Naomi means pleasant, delightful, or lovely. Uh, Maomi is a, uh, one of the sons named, means weak or sickly, and Chilean means failing or pen, pen, uh, failing in a sense. So the family, uh, it wouldn't have been unusual for families to sojourn, but here they sojourned to a Gentile country and into, into uh, the country of Moab. Um, Bethlehem, uh, which they're traveling from, is a really strategic actually a little town uh, not only will of course be the birth of jesus but it's located in the heart of judah jacob buried his wife uh there as, she, as after she died in childbirth um and so we see where it it means house of bread and yet there was a famine in the land it's also the place of david and solomon and saul as well so it has a very strategic place even though it's it's a village or a town i should say that's very small Probably 200 to 240 people, maybe at the most, lived there. Uh, so they lived in Moab for about 10 years, most likely. There, uh, Amalek, the husband, dies, and then Naomi's two sons die. Uh, and then uh, she is, uh, obviously, you can imagine the turmoil uh, that happened here. Okay, so verse 4, it says, these Moab wives, the name of one was Oprah. Oprah and the name the other was Ruth. So Ruth and Oprah were Mo, Moabites, uh, so they were Gentiles. They lived there, as it says, about 10 years, and then, of course, the sons died. Verse 6, it says here, um, speaks about the Lord visiting his people. Um, let's take a look here. Verse 6, then they started with her daughter-in-laws. Then she started with her daughter-in-laws. This is Naomi, to return from the country from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So in other words, visited here means the Lord being gracious to his people. Um, it can also mean visit with affliction, but in this case, it's visit with a graciousness, a provision. And so Naomi went to go back to Bethlehem, basically, go back to her country. There, They were hearing there was food. Also, imagine being in a Gentile country. She had no real family connections. So she went to return back to her family connections at a time of great grief and loss and affliction in her own life. Verse 7, so she set out from the place where she was with her two daughter-in-laws, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Judah, by the way, means praise of God. And so verse 8, but Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go return each of you to your father, to your mother's house, and may the Lord deal kindly with you as he dealt with the dead and with me. So she was basically sending them back to the, her, their country, um, and uh, um, she was. That's where they were from. That's where their heritage was. That's where their families were. So in verse nine, the Lord uh, grant that you may find a home, each of you, in the house of her husband. And then she kissed them and lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, "No, we will return with you to your people." But they, uh, so. 
Oprah goes back, Naomi says something different, verse 11. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why would you go with me? Have I, not, have I yet my sons in my womb? They may become your husband. In other words, she's trying to persuade on them to go back. Verse 12, turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I too am old to have a husband. If I should say so, say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night, should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? So in other words, what she's saying is, this basically futile. Go back to your homeland. There you have your family. There you'll find husbands. There you can raise children. Don't wait for me because I'm older, and by the time I have sons, you'll be older, and so on. So uh, in other words, let's just split at this point and go our own ways. Uh, and Oprah does. Um, but it says here in verse 14, Ruth clung to her. Uh, Ruth clung. So it's interesting. The word clung in the Hebrew is debaka. That means uh, to cleave or cling or hold fast to a person. Uh, it can describe, for example, a garment adhering to a body or a hand gripping maybe uh, the, 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 uh, the edge of a sword. Uh, uh, it can mean something of that nature. So it's a clinging sense of the word. It can also have a sense of a bond of romantic attraction or material attachment between a man and a woman, for example. Can mean that as well, um, but the most significant use of the term, though, is more in a theological or biblical context. That is, it in- indicates firm and faithful adherence to the Lord. So it's an it's a response of love and worship, uh, obedience to the covenant to the Lord. Uh, that's that's the significant uh, meaning of it, um, and that's what Ruth was doing. She was clinging to covenant with. Naomi. Now, Ruth is a Moabite, so she, um, you know, she, so she is not of the Hebrew faith. But you could say, in this sense, that there was a gradual conversion in Ruth's heart, um, and uh, she was converting, as it were, to a new way of life. So she becomes; she's becoming now a symbol of conversion, turning from. Uh, a life that was devoid of the covenant, now turning to uh, the covenant. It's a gradual turning, as we'll see here, um, but it's something that is going on. So here we see the nature of conversion, a moving away from from darkness, moving towards light, uh, moving uh, from no covenant to moving towards covenant. And so this kind of journey, spiritual journey, was taking place in Ruth's heart. Uh, Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 through 39, about, about losing your life to find it, he says, you know, to, um, in a sense, he was saying that make giving him allegiance over mother and father and sister and brother and family relationships and so on. And so that's what Ruth is doing here. She heard about the God of Israel from Naomi and chose to follow him through Naomi. And so Ruth then begins to abandon her roots and begins to connect with Naomi and her God. Let's take a look at verses 16. Um, She says, uh, verse 16, But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to return from following you. For wherever you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord... Uh, do so to me, and more also, if even death departs from me, from you, I'm sorry. And when Naomi saw this, she was determined uh, 
that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So what Ruth was speaking there was a language of covenant, the language of kins, kins, kinship, basically, uh, the language of uh, being bound to another. Uh, and of course, the beauty of this is that the covenant God makes with his people, first through the Torah and then through the prophets, and then, but ultimately it would be found most in the new covenant with Jesus shedding his blood. And we see this uh, particularly within the Catholic vision of worship through the sacrament of the Eucharist and all the sacraments for that matter, where particularly the Eucharist, though, where there's the covenant relationship that takes place there as Jesus offers himself to the Father on our behalf, and we join with Jesus in offering ourselves to the Father. God, in turn, in his turn, uh, pledges to us provision and salvation and forgiveness and healing for us, and we, in turn, pledge worship, obedience, and trust in him. That's the nature of covenant, and that's what Ruth was signing up for through Naomi, and that's the beauty of it. Catherine of Siena said this. She said, everything comes from love. All is ordained for the salvation of man. God does nothing without this goal in mind. And so we see right here in the beginning of chapter 1 of Ruth a, a tracing of the work of redemption, where love is moving the heart of Ruth towards the covenant of, of, uh, that Naomi has in her life with the God of Israel, which would be Yahweh. Benedict XVI said this on Christian unity. He says, true love doesn't eliminate legitimate differences, but humanizes them in a superior unity that is not uh, ordered from the outside, but gives turn from within. Unity uh, is our common mission. It is the condition that enables the light of Christ to be spread uh, to spread better in every corner of the world so that men and women convert and are saved. So the heart of unity comes from inward conversion. That's what's happening to Ruth here. She was being enlightened, as it were, by the word of God coming forth out of the covenant that Naomi had with Yahweh through, of course, uh, through the law, through the Torah. Okay, so <clears throat> picking up that a little bit further, um, just to look at that from a little bit of a, a context of the New Testament, Jesus uh, overcomes barriers through love uh, by his own death and his own resurrection. Uh, St. Paul speaks about that in, in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 12 and 13 uh, and 14, and Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, that in Christ there's neither, not male or female or Jew or Greek, slave or freeman. And there we see the walls of barriers coming down. So the two countries of Ruth uh, from the Moab, Moab's uh, and from Naomi, from the Israelites, then the ethnic differences there are being broken down through covenant. Um, and that's what Naomi is open to that covenant through Ruth seeking that covenant with her. Just like Christ overcomes barriers uh, with his love for us, that in him, then barriers disappear. They fall down. Reconciliation then is possible through the openness of two people to the grace of Jesus Christ. Okay, verse 19 then. So the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? Well, 
They were stirred because of their return, of course. I'm sure they were also stirred because of the Moabite woman, Ruth, coming too. So, and she says, don't call me Naomi and call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Of course, she's speaking, recounting the deaths in her, her life, her husband and two sons. And I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has afflicted me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So uh, there we see uh, the, the woundedness in Naomi's heart from the losses in her life, the grief that she's experiencing. Um, does she see God doing this? Well, she's obviously making a statement that is coming from the woundedness and the brokenness of her own heart, completely understandable. But if you look at the larger context of the Old Testament and then move into the New, you see where God is not bringing forth this calamity into her life. Um, so, uh, But certainly from her perspective at this moment in time, this is what she understands and sees is going on. Uh, so um, verse 22, so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, uh, her daughter-in-law uh, with her, retur- who returned from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So um, we're going to see as we move on to the other chapters here that uh, the work of redemption will be a work of redemption that will take place not only with Ruth and her conversion, but will also take place in Naomi's heart as well. Uh, right now, Naomi is bitter and blames God, and uh, certainly we can understand that, um, but we'll see how God works redemption in her life. So he does with us, too, in the bitterness and the circumstances of our life that he wants to work redemption for the disappointments, the frustrations, the woundedness, the losses, the griefs, the setbacks in our own life. Painful things that we experience don't have to be a dead end for us. Uh, Naomi's going to f- discover that. Uh, Ruth discovers it as well. She lost, of course, her husband. Uh, she also loses her country and is now in a new country, a new people. And there she, in her movement from uh, her Gentile land and heritage to become part of the covenant with Yahweh, she's going to discover uh, again, God's working in her life beyond what she could have possibly imagined, that's going to be redemptive for her as well. And so that is with us. Uh, we don't always see the full sc- uh, scope of things at this moment, but what we can see, uh, gradually the Lord begins to give light and understanding for us. Uh, and in that is healing and redemption for us. So let's pray. So Lord, we thank you for... Uh, tracing the hand of your redemption through the lives of Ruth and Naomi. And uh, we just pray, Lord, uh, that in the midst of our own disappointments and frustrations and losses in life and challenges, that we would see your redeeming hand at work, as you did with Ruth and gradually turned her heart to the covenant. Lord, also give us gradually light to see your hand at work in the circumstances, the life situations of our own life. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.